The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Most people watching the evening news might easily despair over hopes for the next generation. The bodies of today's children are already polluted with industrial chemicals, poisons in the products they use, the air they breathe, and the foods they eat. Moreover, their minds are polluted with viewing the world through screens, with the violence and cruelty displayed by TV shows, video games, movies, and the Internet. Kids targeted by ad agencies are experiencing chronic depression, fast food obesity, and addictions to street drugs and prescriptions handed out by doctors who think the only answer is to write another prescription. Two out of every five children are diagnosed with a learning disorder. Moreover, today's technology results in shorter attention spans, less exercise, superficial relationships, sleep disorders, shallowness, disrupted hormones. The list goes on and on. In her newest book, Children of the Fifth World, A Guide to the Coming Changes in Human Consciousness, today's guest asks the question, can chaos and disaster produce the foresight and ingenuity necessary to remake our families, our communities, our culture, our world? Her surprising answer is yes. PMH Atwater is a world-famous investigator of near-death experiences and has been researching and writing about the ramifications of near-death experience since her own three NDEs in the 1970s. Her research has been more extensive, her theories more expansive, and her teaching more dedicated than any other experiencer I know. Her most recent books include Near-Death Experience, The Rest of the Story, and Children of the Fifth World, which concerns the important implications NDEs parallel to the evolution of life on Earth. For example, her book shows how the many children today labeled as autistic or otherwise damaged have enormous potential for greatness. PMH, welcome to NDE Radio. Well, hi. <laughs> it's so <laughs> wonderful to be on here and talking about this exciting subject. You know, it is. <laughs> these kids are surprising us. Did you know that one-third of those children worldwide, uh, all of those different countries that administer the standard IQ test, one third of them are testing out between 150 to 160. Super wow. genius. <laughs> yes. yes. And, and, and the yet- other third are really smart. I don't care if they're flunking in school and can't spell. Don't be fooled by these children, even if they're learning disabledly. Take, for instance, if these kids, the so-called learning disabled or autism, if they take the Raven's test instead of the Wishler test, the Wishler test is a standard test, but the Raven's test tests fluid intelligence, what you can learn. One-third of those autistic, so-called learning disabled kids who take this also test out 150 to 160. They're geniuses. They wow. may communicate differently. They have a different vocabulary, obviously, but they're smart. Yeah, I mean, don't look at a at a disabled child 
or an artistic or, or brain damaged child is, is if they can't understand you. They can. You just speak different languages. Will this intelligence, though, be enough to overcome all those forces of destruction uh, that I mentioned that also that you uh, list in your book? Um, there the so many forces uh, biologically and intellectually are working against the next generation of children. How are they going to survive all that? Well, you know, these are the most challenged children that we've ever produced. The smartest, uh, the, the most in, in, incredible innovators, creative, but the most challenged. So how are they going to do it? Um, certainly um, better parents. Parents who set some limits who work with these kids and especially get them out in nature. You know, their, their number one fear is silence. So get them out in nature. Mm. You know, more nature walks, more um, relationships with animals, more volunteering. This simple measure will um, just heal forces and screw-ups and confusion more quicker than anybody else and anything else. And also uh, get them involved in, in making food, helping food, helping with the gardening. If you're going to do cookies, put the cookie dough in their hands. They have to make the shapes and forms and put them on the cookie sheet. You know, get their hands involved. Their hands have to be busy. Their feet have to be busy. This is one of the ways that you really work with the brain is to, um, especially if you've got them busy in mud or dirt or clay, like, you know, uh, walking around barefooted or doing gardening or um, different issues like this, that gets into the nervous system quicker than drugs will. And, it, so and it, it, it's natural. Yeah, so even though they may be more intelligent than we are, they still need our guidance. I oh. remember in, in your yeah. book you, uh, you have the phrase, remember the elephant. Maybe you could tell us about that. Well, uh, certainly remember the elephants. Uh, what they found with elephants, is if you've got a, a, a number of young bulls together in a pen uh, or in an enclosure, they start to have troubles and problems and they invent all kinds of angry outbursts and, and they do all kinds of silly, ridiculous things like typical uh, teenage boys do uh, often when they get together and have no supervision of any kind. But you, but you put in one older male, only takes one. You put in one older male into that pen and all the other young bulls settle down. What is that saying about parenting? You put in one father or one older male who has some sense and he can then begin lovingly and easily, kindly, Start directing these these young kids. That, that's really all it takes. You know, it, it, um, it's just amazing to me that the solution can be that simple. Yeah. In your book, uh, 
Children of the Fifth World, you discuss the increasing number of genius kids emerging and liken them to those children who have gained uh, gifts from going through a near-death experience. Well, so that's how, how I got started to begin with. You know? <laughs> well, tell, tell us about that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a near-death researcher. Of course. Uh, I'm one of the pioneers in the field. Uh, my research base is now nearly 4,000 child and adult experiencers. So I'm one of these wow. in-depth questioners, uh, observation analysis, that kind of thing. So so while I'm doing all of this, I begin to notice <laughs> that that the children born the natural way, everyday kids, normal kids, were beginning to manifest the same after effects as near-death kids. And, you, you know, that's not possible, Lee. Not possible. So, so I start, you know, I'm one of these people that goes around saying, why? Why? Show me. i got to see this. So I did. I started another research project on normal kids, all everyday kids. Um, not not just uh, what we can see and feel and are exposed to, but also esoteric stories and wisdoms, um, what's expected or, or what might be coming or predi- predicted about, you know, this idea of a new race. Well, forget that. What it is, as near as I can tell, is an ascension of the race we have or or a maturing of the human race we have, or a bump up in the evolutionary cycle. And you can clearly see that. You can clearly see that in the brain, the nervous system, the digestive system, um, that the human race is undergoing a makeover. Yeah, we're being bumped up. And uh, I think what will really, really help parents is if they can get all of this book. You know, take these labels like indigo, crystal, starseed, cosmic, all these labels. Toss them. Every one of them, toss them out the door. Then take the characteristics those labels supposedly describe. Take those characteristics and bunch them together, and you have the new kids. You have the profile of the new kids. You have a profile that's right there it's clear. It's in your face. None of this nonsense stuff. Let's see it for what it is. And, you know, we can go further into the esoteric literature and wisdom. It's there. Um, and it shows things like root races. When, when we're talking about a root race, R-O-O-T, root, that... that um, means the core DNA of the humankind at that cycle in time. You know, everything goes through cycles. Um, We do as people, the the human race obviously has since its beginning in the earth plane. Uh, Planet Earth goes through cycles. Our universe goes through cycles. Everything is cyclic. And if 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 you look at the progress of the human race throughout the ages, then you certainly see these cycle, huge, giant cycles. In, yes. uh, in our wisdom tribes, with our wisdom people, esoteric people, mystical people, uh, they call it the coming and going of root races. And we can certainly look at what's happening now, and it does fit the predictions of that upbeat, that upstep 
of the fifth root race moving into what they call ascension or the fullness of the root, fifth root race. Not say, not saying that this is just the beginning of the root race, the fifth root race, but uh, that upstep, uh, that progression of the fifth root race into its fullness. And by golly, that's, you know, if you read those old words and those old literature and you look at what's happening with these kids, wow. You know, I, I want to tell you something that is an absolute mind-blower. Um, I like to, you know, clip out news stories, too, especially when I travel the world, and especially in Turkey and, you know, other places. But here's one of these news clips, complete with a photograph. And this is dated September last year. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, 13, and it is about a 19-year-old girl, she's a university student, who invented a cheaper, virtually fuel-less propulsion method um, to replace chemical explosion and radioactivity technology for conventional rocketry. So here's a 19-year-old girl who invents a cheaper, virtually fuelless propulsion method for rocketry. And guess what, Lee? This girl is a Muslim, and she's in Egypt. Hmm. I mean, stick, stick that in your hat. It's like, wow, wow, it's a girl and she's Muslim. I just want to scream it to the whole world. There were times in history when the when the uh, Arab race was really uh, way ahead of the Western uh, uh, science and, and mathematics, for sure. Yeah. Way ahead. Well, in, in your book, you describe DNA as a biological Internet. And uh, but we've seen how quickly the electronic internet has evolved, and I'm wondering can can our biological internet keep pace with this two-edged sword of technology that uh, uh, that's in many ways damaging the kids today? Well, you know, that's the rub. We don't know. There's no guarantee that this enhancement, this acceleration, this ascension will um, come to pass, be successful, uh, absolutely last. We don't know. Um, You know, we hope it will, but we don't know. You know, one of the big things that that I'm noticing is that the, um, the second homogenesine that the that the world has known since the age of the dinosaurs has begun. Once a homogenocene has begun, it can't be stopped. A homogenocene is where um, all the different um, uh, species and types all then begin to. Um, what shall I say, come together. It's a coming together of genetics. Um, The the first homogenocene was 
thanks to Christopher Columbus, occurred 500 years ago when Christopher mm-hmm. Columbus set foot in the Western Hemisphere. Well, it was just it wasn't just him and the guys. It was all the mice. It was all the germs. It was all the bugs. It was all the illness. That they're the ones who brought to our hemisphere malaria. We didn't have it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought slavery. Didn't have it before. Um, you know, they brought all kinds of things. Interesting when you read the history. Within 100 years of Christopher Columbus stepping in the Western Hemisphere. Oh, let's see. I did go. Um, oh, it just it, that fact just slipped out. Um, it, 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 oh, it, it, let, let's put it this way. Huge amounts of people in the world died. Just fantastic amounts of people in the world died, all all because of, of changing of the genetics, changing of the of the farming, changing of the way we do things, changing in in the way uh, business is conducted. It was on it, the the incredible book is fourteen ninety three by Charles C. Mann. It, it, mm-hmm. It's just... Oh, it, it, well, it, it, it's just incredible. Well, the, well, the second <laughs> one has begun, and it began with, I believe, Monsanto and all the rest of those guys changing the genetics of the world's food and plant life. I have in your um, chapter of The Great Shifting here, the impact of Columbus influenced a variety of activities, including the silver trade in China, huge loss of trees, the rise of rice, maize, wheat, sugar cane, and potatoes, the uh, agribusiness complex. Died. One out of five people. One out of five. That's right. Uh, within a hundred years, one one in five people across the world died because of the Colombian homogenesine. From diseases, multiple types of slaveries, brutal working conditions, yeah. industrialization, hunger, uh, environmental destruction. Uh-huh. You know, this is an amazing book. Let me, let me say, <laughs> if anyone is out there is interested in change, just it, all kinds of change, uh, they've got to get this book because it, I mean, it reflects change, uh, but, but look from at the beginning, way. from the beginning of time till the future and, and into but, the future. But look at it this way. All that horror birthed the modern world, which was very positive. If we look yes. at what could be the modern horror, this might birth. Mm. Uh, this might birth that one world or that sense of a higher kind of world. We, we could finally come together and go from a... a um, a modern world to a unified world. Mm. A unified well, world. That could, that could be the positive end of all of this. You, you know, if we look at the positive part, if people will just wake up and look at the challenges and what's actually happening, not what they think is happening, then, then um, this could in fact be the inspiration 
um, that impetus, that inspiration uh, to help us do things differently, and that's what the new kids are doing. Did you know that the changes in education are positive? Did you know that in the state of Utah, most of the schools in Utah now teach or are open to um, full immersion dual language training? Wow. You know, that automatic, it, it, it just automatically opens up the executive functions in the brain and it enhances spatial uh, spatial reasoning and spatial learning. We're opening up now to adaptive learning. You know, I mean, you can you can look at the horror. It's there. Let's look at it. Okay, eighty-one percent of of the uh, of the suicides today between 10, 10, 10 years of age and twenty-four years of age are all boys. Boys are being hit harder than girls are. So if you want to look at the horror, it's there. But this is also inspiring us to do things differently. And and the, um, yeah, I I am always moved by your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> and I I've got to ask you: is that is, is that something that you gain from your own NDEs? Or you you talk about future memory in your book, and I was wondering: is this is is your positive <laughs> optimism uh, a product of things that you've already seen? Well, partly. Uh, uh, I was always an incessant questioner. And I tended to have a positive outlook when I reached womanhood and became a wife and mother, uh, Sunday school teacher, secretary, all those kinds of roots. Uh but it took dying. It did. I got to admit that it took dying, and I died three times. You know, uh, mm-hmm. three times in three months, mind you. I call it the heavenly sledgehammer effect. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, I've. It, it's just, my middle name is Joy. I mean, I'm just Joy. I wake up in the morning joyful. I go to bed at night joyful. Even when I'm pissed, if you'll pardon the phrase. Even when I'm kind of angry, and I do get angry once in a while, and even when I make mistakes and make a fool of myself, and I do that once in a while, there's just so much joy in me. And and I'm so excited about our world, about what's happening in our world, and what we can do to make a difference. Because we can we absolutely can. And if we have mentors out there that teach this to the kids and inspire the kids and uplift the kids, that's all it's going to take are mentors to teach them how to use um, intuition in a positive way. Teach them how to use psychic abilities in a positive way. Teach them how... Um, to be creative and in and in inventive and innovative in positive ways, they've got the bug. They uh, it's in their genes. Let's uh, let uh, 
let, let, let's lift that. Let's help them to lift that because it's already there. It's already inborn. That uh, that's part of this uh, fifth root race. I mean, these are the ones of higher thinking. These are the ones of higher intuition. These are the ones who are the communicators, the innovators, who are turning this world upside down, and they are. Uh, if we can just help them, one of the things that I'm doing all that I can to inspire them to do is get involved in local politics. Yes. We need their vision and their energy and their shortcuts in our government. And we need them desperately. Yes. And and some of the kids are. They're doing it. And and they're finding different ways of banking. They're finding different ways of raising food. They're finding different ways of building houses. They're the ones who are bringing us smart houses. Mm. You know, they are the ones who um, are the real humanitarians. Yeah, they're yeah. the one. They're the ones thinking about the environment too. The ones that really yeah. are concerned for the for the future of the earth. Yeah, to give them a chance. Mm. It, it's just you know. Yeah. One of the one of the things you mentioned in the book in passing was the was the eleven uh, I guess eleven thousand BC uh, Gobekli Tepe city they found in Turkey. Oh and yeah. I'm thinking, what a and this beautiful city with this amazing city that they've only begun to uncover. If if we were doing work like that that far back, we must have slipped a great deal before right. we now now we're now we're going up again. But I mean, what happened in the meantime that we Probably would have lost the skills? Of you know, if you read the old archae uh, real archaeology instead of. You know, that that passes the so-called scientific protocol. Read, read the real stuff. It's the forbidden to, archaeology. You know, yeah, it, it's enough to shake your cookies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Well, remember, everything is cyclic and history is cyclic. So, so we're now discover, uh, discovering that even 12,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago, Human beings were advanced and had advanced cultures. Mm. And we're now finding that. We're finding proof of that. You know, this is, this is no longer a channeler or a psychic that's telling us that, although I honor and greatly respect those sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're finding the proof of that. And everybody is beginning to wiggle. It's like, oh, woo. <laughs> well, you, know, <laughs> you know, near-death research challenges science itself. Yes. What we're finding now in archaeological findings is challenging science itself. And science yeah. fights back tooth and nail. You wouldn't you wouldn't think that of science, but it does. It likes it likes to cling to old ideas. Well, sure, anything that's comfortable and, and any, anything that, you know, um, will, uh, will uh, add to your profile, you know, you're going to tend to support. I certainly have run into this in near-death research. Ah! Oh! Well, we won't get into that. But listen, I don't know, do we, do we have time for me to make another point here? Sure. Do we have time? 
couple of minutes? Okay. In my, in my research uh, of, of the new kids, uh, you know, one-third have both genes to build a better brain. These are the ones that are scoring genius. One-third of artistic kids who take the Raven's IQ, te- uh, IQ test is genius. Uh, about two-thirds of the kids with autism are male, one-third are female. About two-thirds of the kids with dyslexia are female. About one-third are male. About one-third have no sense of living a full life. About two-thirds have no intention of ever marrying, going to college, or becoming parents. One-third are profoundly gifted. One-third are quite intelligent, intuitive, creative. One-third are coming in amoral or too violent to handle. So look at that. Thirds, thirds, thirds. Um, I don't That's... care what statistical uh, 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 you turn to. You're getting the same thing. Two-thirds, thirds, two-thirds, thirds. Look, friend, thirds are the baseline of universal order. Mm. Golden mean. Oh, that's true. Yes, and and you, you make the point in your book that, that DNA here. follows that same spiral. Yeah, uh, there's another hand at work here. Wake up, people! It's called divine order. PMH, we are out of time. Before we go, <laughs> to, uh, tell tell the listeners. <laughs> Tell the listeners how they can learn more about your research, your books, and how to get a copy of Children of the Fifth Generation. Certainly get on my website, www.pmhatwater.com. Just last week, I, I uh, get my free monthly newsletter. Sign up for it on my website. Just last week, I carried a huge newsletter on electrical sensitivity, and I went... Uh, uh, in depth, uh, uh, especially near-death experiencers in earthquakes and tornadoes and lightning storms and dealing with electronic equipment, you want to get the, uh, that. If, um, there is an archive. So okay. be sure you get my newsletters. Yes, I, they absolutely should. They're they're fascinating, and unfortunately, we're out of time for today. Yeah. <laughs> I, want to, I want to thank our special guest, PMH Outwater, for sharing her research and insights with us. If you'd like to listen to the show again the, and the first show that PMH did with us back in September of 2013 or any of our other programs, please visit our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about IANS, please check that website at IANDS. And um, I, look, I hope that you'll be able to attend our upcoming Labor Day weekend conference conference on NDE's health and healing in Newport Beach, California. That's August 28th through the 31st. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening.